Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm here, everybody. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. And Barbasol, our new sponsor. Barbasol, the brand America trusts for a close shave, now has razors. They're premium. Mark. What's up? <laughs> Mark loves reading that I, so much. You I, have no <laughs> idea how big the smile is on his face. I really do. That Barbasol read. I, I, I don't just, know if he's just happy to have a sponsor or if he's just happy to like be doing something in an official capacity. I don't know. I just feel like it's so silky smooth when I read it. And when you guys read it, it's really bad. Silky smooth like Barbasol? Silky smooth exactly like Barbasol's shaving gel. They now have razors. <laughs> They're premium, disposable, with advanced pivoting head and ultra-thin blades. You're looking good, America. So I feel like we owe the audience an explanation here. We've not like been <laughs> We're out. so terrible at this. <laughs> no, I, I, I genuinely love Barbasol. Yeah. Uh, I want the audience to know that we have not been out looking for any little sponsor that we could possibly find. But we do have a few, did have a few companies that we were looking at that if they wanted to sponsor, we would like it because it might have a tie to um, our podcast. And we just want it to be a natural thing. So we did um, get a sponsorship from the kind people at Barbasol. I happen to know some of the folks over there. And um, so now we're sponsored by Barbasol. Lucky us. Everybody go grab your shaving cream and their new razors. Which is really exciting. They now have razors, which Michael, soon enough, you're going to be shaving your entire head. So maybe will you be using a Barbasol razor to, to, have you seen that Scott Van Pelt episode? We talked about it last time in the pod where he says, come on home. He just shows pictures of like balding men. And he's like, that are like on the verge of like going full bald and just like taking a razor to it all. And he just says, come on home. Barbasol. I like to think I'm a couple years from that point, but it's probably just a, no, come on home. Barbasol. (laughs) Barbasol is telling to you, Michael. It's okay. Come on it's home. Okay. All right. Come on home. So I missed out on this conversation <laughs> with Grandpa. I wanna I wanna hear what we've got. Yeah, so uh as always, after the game is over, me and my brother Matthew try to give a call to our grandfather who always has some flowery opinions on the game that just happened. And obviously this Packers game was a sight to behold. Um it was just the Browns doing Browns things. So we gave Grandpa a call. Um and we'll uh, show you what he had to say. That goddamn Kaiser he always wants to run to his left, and his right-handed quarterback, and he tries to throw. Yeah. And this time, this time he was getting hit, and he, he's like a wounded duck. Instead of throwing the goddamn ball away, the horse's ass lost the game for the Browns. You know, plain and simple. There's no one to blame except him. He lost the game for the Browns. Well, I think he had a pretty good game, and I think Hugh Jackson could take some of the blame. Well. You know, at, at the beginning, they said they they said he had a, a quarterback rating of 119, which was pretty damn good. But boy, he sure went out of his way to screw that up. I mean, I you know he he makes some dumb plays right at the crucial time when the game is on the line. He's he's really good at that. He can he can piss away the game and throw an interception in the end zone. He does all kinds of stupid things in the last quarter, <laughs> and I I just don't know. I'm not, the the guy does a couple of good things and he throw, he makes up he throws about uh, makes about four bad throws to make up for it. I I just don't know if there's a future for this guy. He's got flashes of brilliance, but the, in the end he folds up. He makes stupid. Stupid decisions. Yeah. Now, Hugh was chewing his ass out the whole half of the game on the sideline. Every time he went on the sideline, you know, the coach was chewing his ass out. You know, so you know damn well that he wasn't in good graces over there. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start if he sits on the bench for the next game. <laughs> well, that didn't go very well last time. Whenever we put Kevin Hogan in there. Well, how? How how bad could it go? Yeah, I guess not much worse than the devastating loss. <laughs> Can't yesterday. get any worse. Yeah. Can't get any worse. Well, we'll lose you a fourteenth straight game. Yeah, it's got Well, they got they got Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Yeah, there's there's a no chance in the world they're going to beat any of those teams. So you know, <laughs> it's uh, no, we don't play so they, we don't play Cincinnati. We play Chicago. Oh, Chicago. <laughs> 
Is it Chicago? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's Baltimore, Chicago, Pittsburgh. In that order. Baltimore, Chicago. All right, so Baltimore. There's no way they're going to beat Baltimore. There's no, no way they're going to beat Pittsburgh. You know, and uh, it's 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 a it's a foregone conclusion that these guys. They they forget that there's four quarters to play. Uh, I I uh, I uh, don't think they're going to lose anything with this Sachi Brown gone. Um, I hate I hate to say it. I said it before. I won't say it again, Matthew. <laughs> no, say it. Do you like this John Dorsey guy? Have you read about him? Who? John Dorsey, who they hired as the GM after they fired. Yeah, Sachi yeah. Brown. Well, he was just he was just fired. What from San Francisco was he or something? Kansas City. But, Kansas City. but anyway, you know, the, the guy the guy did some real building of teams while he was there. And uh there's always hope. I mean, God, if there's no more hope, what what can we what can we look forward to? I I don't know. Is there more hope, Grandpa? I don't know. I I'm, I'm still hoping. No, okay. I think I said I think I said what? 5 5 and No, you five said you eight. said 7 and 9 at the beginning of the year. You said 7 right. and 9. Well, hey, any, anybody can make a mistake. So <laughs> I, I I I'm I'm I may have to go 0 and 16. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Anybody I, can make a mistake, Grandpa. And even with our draft picks, we can make a lot of mistakes and still oh, yeah. get some good players. That's how many oh, draft yeah. picks we have. Even uh, if well, we don't do I, our homework. Yeah. I was talking to Matthew the other day on the phone, and I I, I like this Nick Bosa. I, mean, I didn't know I didn't know if he was coming out for the draft or not. But that that whole family is a bunch of animals, you know. And I mean this this guy. This guy is is ferocious, you know. <laughs> I, I I but I don't suppose that the Browns can get him. Well, uh, well not, not this year. He's only a sophomore. Maybe, maybe so next he year. He's a sophomore. Yeah. So he's got I one more year. What, I didn't we'll know see. what he was, but by God, when by the time that guy comes up for the draft, he's he's going to be a multimillionaire. That's for sure. But you know, I I I really think that they're that they're going to go after a quarterback. I don't think it's going to be the number one pick. Because they they need to get they need to get some some defensive linemen they they need to get they need to get some some uh, some receivers that can catch you know and I was I was I was uh, I was glad to see that uh, what's that twenty twelve what's his name Josh uh, Gordon yeah I, I was glad to see that he had a pretty decent game he was yeah he, had, he and Corey Coleman both played really well so they look yeah. Great. For, can... for being off, for being off that long, I think they played very well. Grandpa, what and... was what was Josh Gordon doing that whole time that he was off? <laughs> Snorting. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he was doing? <laughs> I don't know. He I just snort... wanted your perspective. He was snorting up his nose. <laughs> 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 but the fact that he so far he's straightened out and he, he's really proven what a good athlete he is. And uh, if he could keep his nose clean, uh, yeah, pun there. <laughs> if he can keep his nose clean, uh, he could be a real asset. <laughs> he really could. So, Grandpa, I called you yesterday right yeah. after the game ended, yeah. and I was in the worst possible mood. I, it, it was the last thing I wanted to do was call you and talk about the football game. I was driving home and and after I got through talking to you, I thought, gee, maybe maybe something happened. And when they were ahead two touchdowns at the half, I says, by God, maybe they pulled this thing out of the fire. <laughs> and that's that's why Matthew called me. Well, wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I just I'm just. I'm I'm just used to the point. I'm I'm watching the games and I just wonder how much they're going to lose by. You know, not not whether they're going to win or not. That's but fair. Uh, you know. All right. Uh, well, well, we'll let you go. You're probably going on a date or something tonight. Or you're married now. You don't have to go on dates anymore. You've you've. I'm watching. I'm, I'm going to watch a Pittsburgh game right now. <laughs> yeah, good. Netflix and chill, Grandpa. Wait, Pittsburgh played or, last no, night. No, no, I mean it's it's uh, it's uh, the, the Patriots. Patriots. The Patriots. Okay. Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, enjoy that. Hopefully, they lose, um, and we'll we'll give you a call later. Okay. All right, All right. guys. Good talk to you. Thanks. See you, Grandpa. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. So, as always, great to hear from Grandpa. Has some strong opinions strong, from Grandpa. Strong opinions. He is clear in his uh, the way that he thinks, and I respect that a lot.
Grandpa, is I, res- it I respect you. I respect you a lot. Um, but I, I just want to. Is it or feels? I think he. I think it's more emotional. <laughs> yes. He, he also doesn't listen to the pod. You don't have to like pander to him. No, it's true. But I just want people to know that I respect my grandfather, and I'm not just like bolstering up on here for like more likes and comments. He still does not know what a podcast is, even though we've explained it to him and showed him how to download. <laughs> he's been on the podcast with us, spoken to the microphone. And he still doesn't know that he's on our podcast every week. I love it. And we set it up to automatically download on his uh, yes. on his, his iPad. Yes, they're all there. His iPad mini. Yeah. Which is now so outdated, apparently, that it can't update to the modern like iOS software. That was the no latest way. one he was up for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Well, anyway, he, he has his strong opinions. And I, time and time again, we've said on this podcast that we're decent fans of Deshaun Kaiser. We think that he's the best option we have at quarterback this year on this team and it's certainly true grandpa wants to put in kevin hogan i just want to go out not even on a limb and say that i don't want to put in kevin hogan like i think that the reason we lost this game was not because of the way deshaun kaiser played it's easy well certainly certainly that interception was a huge part of us losing but it was obviously that it's very easy to point the finger at that but i think it was more about the way that we ran the ball only in the second half of the game offensively and the play calling offensively by Hugh Jackson. Yeah, the fact is, if you get to a point where you have to punt in overtime, even if Deshaun Kaiser would throw that away or take the sack, which is what he should have done, if you have to punt in overtime, your chances of winning are severely diminished from what they were when you received the ball. Like You've got to drive down the field and get some points on the board to put yourself in a favorable position. Okay, I want to talk about Kaiser, and then, Mark, I have a comment for you regarding the play calling in the second half because I don't think I agree with you. So Kaiser had – I hit three touchdowns in this game. I mean, now one of them was just a shovel pass to Duke that, like, you or I could have completed. But still, he threw three touchdown passes in this game. The the first two passes – the other two passes were phenomenal. The first one to Josh Gordon was was unbelievable. Perfectly timed, perfectly placed exactly where it needed to be the pro, right kind of touch pro bowl caliber yeah literally like, right over the as linebacker as good as you could do squeaked it, was it over fantastic. the linebacker just enough so, reach for josh gordon to get it and the coleman touchdown was pretty good too he got some pressure and he ha- he was stepping back and put it right on the money like yeah. that was not an easy throw belt high not not at his feet belt high where he could catch it wasn't getting intercepted now, yep. we are seeing the same thing from Deshaun Kaiser every week. He does not read the field very well. If you go back, like I replayed some of these plays when I watched it the second time just to see what the whole field looked like, and there are wide open, wide open receivers on many plays, even plays when we convert the play and like have a completed pass. But like the touchdown to Coleman, Josh Gordon was wide open cutting across on the other side. Like would have been an easy throw and just catch for the touchdown. Instead, he like fired it in there to Coleman, which was a touchdown. I'm going to take it. That's fine. I'm not complaining. But if he's able to see what the coverage is doing a little bit better, he's going to make his life a lot easier. Is it and that's possible, what we're seeing all over the place. Is What'd it possible that this team is actually a lot better than we think it is <clears throat> and that Kaiser is worse than we think he is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely think that's true, especially when you look at the tape. Like, um, like if you so would bring t- in a vet, like – uh, there's been a lot of talk about Alex Smith this week with John Dorsey coming in. Sure. Like if you would bring in, say, Alex Smith or the equivalent of Alex Smith, would this legitimately become it like a be really a, good offense? It could be a fifth, uh, an eight-win team. I really think so. I mean, we already know that we're like in the middle tier for DVOA, and we know that we don't have the talent we need to be a successful defense, particularly on the back end. And we have a middle-of-the-road defense. Yep. On offense, it's seriously just the quarterback that's holding us back. So the other play that was really egregious, that where there was a wide-open player, you've probably seen this on Twitter, is the play that David Njoku actually dropped at the end of regulation. Said the valve was wide open. Unbelievably open. And it wasn't like, really. Yeah, no one anywhere close and on he the was, other side. And he was almost certainly Deshaun Kaiser's second read based on yeah. – like, proximity to Njoku. Like just the progression. Like, like you would you would work across the field yeah. and set the valve was the second person. Uh, and it would have been an easy conversion. Wait, when was so, that? Sorry, can you repeat when that? When Njoku like, caught the ball initially and then it was, oh, reviewed, and then it was and dropped it was, his third yeah. down. He didn't actually catch it. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Mark, I want to address your play calling yeah. um, concerns. Yeah, for sure. 
So you're basically your point you were trying to make, if I heard you right, was that Hugh called too conservative of an offense in the second half, ran the ball too much, didn't throw to Josh and Corey Coleman, and that we needed to put the pedal to the metal a little bit more in the second half as far as the play calling goes. Yeah, pretty much. That that's the argument is that I think that he got the lead. He was up by two touchdowns and it looked great. I mean, we scored another touchdown in the second half. We were looking good. Like that that's good to see, but we just had not played with the lead before and we were trying so desperately to burn the clock. I feel like that was the only thing that we were thinking about. Like Josh Gordon had so many targets in the first half and it seemed like we were a hot knife through butter and Josh Gordon was making everything happen and then in the second half Granted, actually, Isaiah Crowell was running pretty good in the second half, too. Yeah, that's the thing. But, if you watch the game, like, we knifed through the defense running the ball. Like, we were advancing the ball. It was the smart thing to do. If, if Kaiser steps back and starts throwing the ball and he throws a pick, everybody is, like, having Hugh Jackson's head for not running the ball. Like, if we were running the ball and weren't getting anywhere, that'd be one thing. But they were moving the ball. The whole no. drive when we scored the touchdown was running. Like Crowell had like a thirty-seven yard run on that play on that drive. I mean, I I felt like we were advancing the ball well enough. If Njoku actually catches that ball, like we but, run the clock out. But the before that, just before that Njoku catch, like it takes a Seth the valve, like one handed catch on the right. floor, like yeah. that w- would have to get us within like three yards. Third and eight yeah. at that point. There's a lot of factors that go into this. Like that set the valve catch shouldn't have ever had to happen because Kaiser yeah, but should he's have put throwing a the ball, ball there, right? But he's yeah. he's throwing. My point is he's throwing. It's a passing play. It's not like we were just running, running, running. Like That's he fair. was mixing up the play calls. Like yeah. it was not a That's run, true. run, pass, punt we situation. Weren't, we weren't getting the ball to Josh Gordon. Like there wasn't even the targets there in like the second half, or Corey Coleman, or David and Joku. I like, also like they each had one. Uh, like reception in the entire second half, which is a complete tale of two halves from the first half. It's just there were it, what, times in the second half. Like, look, I'm a jo- I love Josh Gordon. Like personally, I'm oh, happy for him. I'm like, all for him on the field. Like, absolutely love him. There were times where it didn't seem like he was trying super hard, and I don't know if maybe that's conditioning and fatigue. Like you could you could give me that argument and I would buy it and I would write him a pass, but yep. I wonder if how much of the second half of Josh Gordon not being a factor was Josh Gordon like deciding not to be a factor. Yeah, on the play in overtime where Kaiser ended up throwing the interception, it was a play designed for Josh Gordon. He was and he was, he was isolated held. on that side. He seems well, to here, run his initial route that, and then give up. That was a defensive yep. holding call. Out of the butt, not even close. Mark, Mark, you are right, but the holding doesn't get called till five yards down the field, and he got out. He got manhandled at the line of scrimmage, and he's big enough that he should never get manhandled like that. He needs to win that route, and he did get down the field, and he was held. You're absolutely right. It should have been called. We should have held the ball. I completely agree. But at the outset, he needs to win that route, and he did not, absolutely. to Matthew's point, put the effort in on that particular play, particularly when it's an ISO play for him, like with the game on the line on right. third down. I think so, at a certain I, point, that's like, that's uh, saying you're giving like uh, Josh a pass. I think that not being in the NFL for three years, hasn't cut a touchdown pass since 2014. He is just not used to the, the demands and the rigor and the physicality of an NFL game where he can go through that entire entire game and then bring that level of physicality. Then we should the be end. then we can't call a play like that for him. But that's I don't reasonable. think that's what he wants either. Well then that goes back like, to Hugh Jackson calling bad plays. Great. I'm right. Thank <laughs> so, you for agreeing with me, Michael. So it's glad so to know I won that argument. That everybody my take is that everybody's piling on Hugh on this one. And I honestly think he called a really good game. Like the ball got spread around, we moved the ball quite well in that first half. Would you? Do you think this is his best game this season? As far as play calling? Yeah, like he, 
what Hugh could no. do. What Hugh could do. Do you think this is his best? I have a season? huge major red. Well, mark. with his challenge, Use... like his challenge was terrible. But that challenge was so bad. That's the no, second time he's made a stupid that. decision exactly like that. Like, how he's... do you not learn from the first one? He's it was the, the exact same call. They, it's they a should... one-yard play, and he challenged on second it. down on the other team's. It, it was like a six-yard play, but still, it was like. Well, it was a second and one. It was a second and one. Yeah, and they got the first down, and like you. I told Mark this while it was, it was being reviewed. I was like, regardless of the result, you should not have challenged this. Like, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Oh. No, so that and sort of stuff is... Not okay. The time, but okay, that was but, but forgetting that, do you think this was Hugh Jackson's best game? Calling plays, like doing what, what he can control. It's up there. I can't recall every single game. I felt pretty good about a couple others this year, but I, it's up there. Yeah. Okay. So that do you think it was because Sashi Brown got fired and he was not self sabotaging <laughs> to get Sashi Brown fired? <laughs> Honestly, wouldn't put it past him. He's that petty of a little rat. I, I as soon as as soon as, as soon as Sashi Brown got fired, I immediately hated Hugh Jackson. I looked back at. <laughs> I, I, Sashi was my Hashtag bro. Team Sashi. I'm Team Sashi all the way. I love Sashi. Why is that? I don't know why I love Sashi, but why do you love Sashi? I love Sashi because of his consistent statistical analytical approach to making the Browns better. He's the consummate pro in all of his press conferences. He's been incredibly gracious to Hugh Jackson, who has been a little child. Hugh has this entire time blame shifting to everyone else except for him. This team doesn't have enough talent. This team's not good enough. We have to be perfect to win a game. Like, well, guess what? That one game where you didn't have one penalty and you literally were perfect. Like there's still like the play calling was the problem. It wasn't about like, it wasn't about not having a penalty or anything like that. It, it is it is consistently Hugh Jackson's fault, and Hugh Jackson is weaseling his way into Jimmy Haslam's pants, and then, and then, and then getting him to do everything he wants to do, and that I pisses like, me off. I like that image. We just Hugh just <laughs> literally weaseling into Jimmy's pants. So here's, <clears throat> so I am gonna play devil's advocate because I'm actually yeah. in your side of the fence too, right? So okay. I'm a Sashi yeah. Brown believer. I almost cried when I found out that he was fired. But Sashi Brown, the thing that has kind of concerned me, and I don't know whose side of the fence to like lean on on this situation, is what we've heard about Kenny Britt. So that Kenny yes. Britt situation. Yeah, no, I want to talk about okay, this too. Okay, That's exactly because, what I want to talk about. Because Sasha, is, rumor has it that Hugh Jackson did not like the influence that Kenny Britt was on the team, didn't want him on the team, Sashi believed in him and wanted him to get a fair chance and wanted him to stay on the team. And to me, when you, I like, I know that Sashi probably trusted the numbers and looked at the whole length of, of Kenny Britt's career and said, this guy is better than what he has shown so far. But Hugh Jackson's a guy that's in the locker room every single day and week in and week out and knows the greater impact of what's going on. Hugh Jack and like if it was getting personal between Sashi and Hugh on this sort of thing, where they're like just trying to like have a pissing contest and figure out who's gonna win, like that really is a problem. And if Sashi yeah. can't get over the fact that he made a decision that was wrong and was insisting on keeping a player like Kenny Britt, that quite obviously was a cancer in the locker room and clearly wasn't trying and was not producing on the field, that that is actually a significant red flag to me. Okay, but here's the thing. So, um, Kenny Britt's agent tweeted after this game, right after the Browns lost, he tweeted two things. He said, another L for a part-time head coach, full-time beat writer, exclamation point. Yeah. I which which is hilarious. I, I love that. Just like talking to the media. Hilarious. And then the, the second thing he tweeted and is- And so true. He so said, true. That's why it's so funny. He said, coaches that talk to the media more than their players are less than- like basically saying that like anything is better than coaches that talk to the media more than their players. So this is a thing that I haven't thought about is that how much of like we've railed on the Kenny Britt signing. How much of the Kenny Britt signing it's turned Hugh out Jackson's bad because fault. Hugh Jackson didn't want it and like decided he didn't want it and wasn't going to okay. be open to it. And just like, sat it down he hasn't been good on the field but 
Yeah. Like if you're, I don't know that if we... you're getting just destroyed in the locker room and not getting any chance, like but here's my feeling thing. like the coach, like maybe that translates to the field. Like, no, absolutely. And I, that's my biggest dig on Hugh Jackson is that he knows he he's, he's a smart guy and he knows that what Jimmy Haslam cares about mu- the most is what the media narrative is about the Browns. And so that's where Hugh's like placing his security and he's getting the inside to like be able to hedge himself. He's constantly been taking that position of hedging himself against Sashi Brown and Sashi Brown is the problem. And he got Sashi Brown fired, which look at where we're positioned. Look at what we Matthew yeah. tweeted no, we, out. We, like we're in a great position and like Hugh is the problem, not Sashi Brown. That's why I hate him. Matthew, I like your theory. I think it's possible. However, Every player seems to defend Hugh Jackson, including Joe Thomas. This is the first one who has so, it, in, right. in fairness. And like, it's the agent for a player that just got kicked off the team when the coach clearly didn't like him. So, like, I don't think you can take that, like, too seriously. Like, I. But, but I'm saying that the coach didn't like him, and maybe, like, that was the reason why he didn't prepare. Like, I. Or maybe the player sucked, and then the coach tried to get a lot out of him, and he didn't give him anything. But he, did, and so he that, didn't suck. Yeah, that, that, that Rams team was awful under Jeff Fisher, and Kenny Britt produced on the level of Terrell Pryor. Literally like, the only one that produced. Like, Jared Goff was terrible, and Kenny Britt still put out a 1,000-yard season. So there's, okay, but there's Kenny something Britt, like, there. But Kenny Britt wasn't trying earlier in the year. Like, and whether that was because Hugh Jackson, like he was getting opportunities and he wasn't trying. So I, I can't blame Hugh Jackson for that. That's on Kenny Britt, no matter w- which way you slice it. I, I'm saying that it, like at the end of the day, it's on Kenny Britt. Cause like you have to be a professional and go out there and like do it. But Hugh Jackson could have a strong influence on that situation. That's fair. They were clearly enemies and the coach shouldn't be enemies with any player on the team. If you don't have I do final just say, love, if you don't have final say on the roster, you yeah. should embrace every single all yeah. fifty three people. And that that's what have. Hugh does: is he makes enemies. It's like his way or the highway, or else he's going to throw a temper tantrum and like make sure that he gets what he wants. Yeah, I don't like the way he was yelling at Kaiser a few times at the no, first half. No, I talked, talked about, about it with that. Mark. Yes. like the the look that he had was not this like collaborative. Nurturing environment like it's not how you see any head coach talk to any of his quarterback which is like not peers because it's a coach like player relationship but like we're working together on this thing it was like when you're in middle school and your parent yells at you because you like smoked weed on a tuesday night like and got caught like it's terrible no it was awful he was demeaning deshaun kaiser on the sideline when deshaun kaiser was having a great game i don't know when when that video was where I was seeing him talking to him like that. There but was like, at least two occasions that I noticed and I was like, Oh, I, I couldn't that even does not look. I, yeah, I couldn't I even hear like what he was. Dynamic. I couldn't even hear what he was saying, but I could just tell by the look on his face that he was not being like, I feel so bad for Deshaun Kaiser. Poor freaking guy. Deshaun, listen to our pod. We love you. So um, anyways, back to the game. I, I can't believe we lost this football game. Like, there are so many – it's like we're playing the game again of, like, so many things that could have gone differently. I am pretty sure there are four plays where Josh Gordon was either um, held or interfered with that did not get called. Holy crap. Oh, my gosh, yes. Can we talk about the, the touchdown? Of, can the we talk about the end, end of the, of the first, second, half? first half? The first yeah. half? That's the first one. How? Like, like so I, I'm not a huge proponent of, like – claiming that referees impacted the game and i don't think they do it obviously i don't think they have an agenda and like they're throwing it for one team or anything like that but how does that not get called it's egregious he looks back at the ball like two seconds before the ball gets there and he interferes and if you see the still photograph of it there's one floating around the ball isn't isn't even in the frame and the guy yeah. is all over Hitting him. Oh, yeah. Gordon. Like, it was terrible. That is well before I would even give the ref credit for like, yeah. oh, it's a bang-bang play. Like, it's awful. We are on the one-yard line first and goal with 45-plus yeah. seconds or something yeah, on the field. Like, totally. I don't know. Definite yeah. touchdown. 
And then two plays, again. two plays after that is the Deshaun Kaiser interception, which where, doesn't matter, which doesn't matter fine. in the long run, but still people in Cleveland Browns sports or beat writers are going to say Deshaun Kaiser threw two interceptions. It's like, no, the first one was honestly yep. a smart yep. football move. Third and 11 from the 45. Yeah. It's like, like, we're not kicking field toss goal. the ball like, downfield. We're They're punting. Gonna, it's fun. They, they nailed the yep. ball after that. Like it didn't matter that it was an interception. So that was the first one. Absolutely mind numbing how that couldn't get called. The next one was in the, the that first position of the second half. So we ran two good Crowell runs to start the second half. It was third and two, and then um, Josh Gordon was in single coverage, and Kaiser put a perfect pass over the top, Is and the, the guy one-handed held his arm. One? The one-handed yeah, one, and he held yeah. his arm, that... which like it's which that it was one, It's one of those plays that kind of gets disguised, and like you can see how a ref could miss it. Like yeah. I, I understand that it, happens. But all that the happens time. all yeah. the time. That like under the arm, like you just close yeah. your like armpit, and they can't get in. Like that happens yep. all the time. Yeah. So that's another one. But in, technically, and then the play, in the play that I don't actually know how it's yeah. supposed to be called is the one where Coleman's defender falls and Gordon just gets leveled because the guy's like on the ground. Yeah, that was a completion too. That was going to be that's it was going to be a So the thing about that is they called it correct by the books, but I think that's got to be a penalty. Like it has to be. Like. Like, there's no way you could have a rule that says, like, that's illegal. Like, so, like I don't know how you would write that. But, and by the books, like, it's incidental contact with Coleman. He's laying on the field. Technically, incidental contact with Gordon. But it's got to be a penalty. Like, that one was so frustrating to it's me. Because be that was a sure, it was a sure completion. Absolutely. Based on where Kaiser put it. plus yards after the catch. Like, he had beat his guy. He was two, three, four yards ahead of his defender. And he falls yep. and he lands on his head and his helmet almost comes off. And so good. And then freaking... the last one was the one we've already talked about, which was the holding um, on that overtime, on that overtime play. So anyways, the, I, I know a lot of us were, surprised that he only had three catches but those are four huge plays that if any one of them really goes our way like it has a huge impact on the game yeah yeah no doubt i think kaiser and gordon looked a lot better this week on mm-hmm. the same page at least as far as timing and routes yep. and, and th- coleman and was involved which i loved the thing about my deshaun kaiser love is i see that throw that he tossed to josh gordon that was a touchdown and i see that exactly the one you're talking about the second one you talked about where he lofts it touch passes it over josh gordon's shoulder his hand gets held and josh gordon still almost caught catches it's it with one hand pass. it was the perfect pass like i that's one of those passes that you only see the absolute top level quarterbacks make and i i haven't seen a browns quarterback that can make that pass and so i'm so i'm clutching onto deshaun kaiser with my last breath because oh. I'm like, please, please just figure it out. Please be able to do that. Because Hugh, hmm. Hugh Jackson might give up on him, but I don't think the Browns are going to give up on Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, I, I feel like they're going to give him a chance to compete going into next year, even if we draft somebody. I don't know why they would get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, I definitely. Mean, you're definitely not going to get anything for him. So, I mean – He's yeah. as good as a backup as you're going to find in this league, right? Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, even if you draft a quarterback number one, who who would you rather have, Matt Moore? Like, Matt Moore is going to be a vet, but he's not going to perform any better. Yeah. So, so and wh- one thing I will say about Kaiser that is driving me absolutely crazy is his play fakes are so weak. Mm-hmm. He does mm-hmm. – I know I've mentioned this mm-hmm. on this pod – but he like it's so obvious that it's not a running play because he doesn't sell it. Yeah. Like he doesn't even get the ball halfway to the running back on these play fakes. It's so bad. And that that is a red flag for me because that's one of the signs of all of the best quarterbacks is that like attention to detail. But I think it's in his head. I think it's because we've been he's rushing. We've been losing and he's not confident and like there's all sorts of things and he's a rookie. Like those are the things that you can focus on when you're like confident in all of the other things and he yeah. is, he is just not confident that in any sense. of the other things so like yeah i think look, you're right when he drops back he's not freaking worried about the play fake he's yeah. worried about getting his head smashed in and he's worried about not throwing an interception yeah no you're yeah. right 
but he's just not helping himself out is my point. Like if yeah. he would actually sell the play fake, like he's going to have more open receivers no, and he's going to have a better chance to succeed. It's totally counterproductive. Like it's one yeah. of those things where like, it's not the thing you think about, but it, it, if you did think yeah. about it, like you would help yourself, but it just human nature. Like you're not, maybe, be maybe that's just another, another one of those things where we just got to have a little bit more time. Maybe he uh, figures it out later on in his career, but we're a bunch of rookies um, on the team this year. So, Speaking of uh, quarterbacks, um, yes. Carson or sorry, um, Tom Savage. Nope, not Tom Savage. Carson Bummer. Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yes. Carson. Bummer Wentz. that Tom Savage went down because uh, he was our best asset. He was very valuable to this Cleveland Browns All team. Right, quick, quick hit. But Carson Wentz. Carson w- tore his no, ACL. Carson Wentz tore his ACL. But is Tom Savage or T.J. Yates better for the Browns? Tom Savage is better for the Browns. I don't know. TJ Yates was the backup to Tom Savage. Like, if TJ Yates is playing, we might even be in a better spot. I hope so. All I know is that we have the number five pick from the Texans right now, and that's greater than my wildest dreams. Oh, my gosh. Sashi. Sashi. You're just just pouring it on, the love for Sashi. Just a wet dream. Just a love. (laughs) I literally think I did dream about Sashi Brown a couple nights ago because I woke up, and my first thought was I was so (laughs) angry that we fired Sashi Brown. No joke. I remember waking up on Sunday morning, and my first thought was like, golly, I can't believe we fired Sashi Brown. I hate Hugh Jackson. Like that, <laughs> that was the prevailing thought. It's incredible. If we end up with two top five picks, which, plug, Football Outsider says that the Texans pick has a 46.1% chance to be in the top five. Hey, I like those odds. That would be amazing. That's pretty good. I like those. Okay, so this, this is what I wanted to say. So Carson Wentz tore his ACL. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL. That means that this like Cleveland Browns quarterback curse – has extended to quarterbacks that we should have drafted. Like not just like, like not just quarterbacks that we have, but quarterbacks that we should have drafted. As soon as the media starts talking about quarterbacks that the Browns should have taken, you just get late quarterback and Browns in the same headline. You're just immediately destroyed. So do we think like that's that hopeless theory. for the Browns going forward? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully hopefully someone can kick this. Horrible. So horrible I'm thinking curse. we should transition to talk about the defense, but maybe Mark, uh, you could give us a good read on uh, for Barbasol before we we head to the defensive side of the ball. Oh, I'll give another read for Barbasol. I don't see why not. All right, Barbasol, the Barbasol, brand of Mar- he, Hey, he's sh- so proud. Sh- he like pumps sh- up his chest. Sh- he's like ready to go. <laughs> hey, I'm reading for Barbasol right now. You shut your mouth. Barbasol, the brand America trusts for a close shave, now has razors. Premium disposable razors. Razors? Razors. I thought they just made shaving cream. Well, now they make razors, and they're premium and disposable. They have advanced pivoting head and ultra-thin blades. You're looking good, America. Yeah, those those thick blade razors are terrible. you got to go for the thin ones. No, that's what Gillette and uh, Dollar Shave Club put out. Yeah, those thick blades. I hate those things. Rusty so, thick uh, blades. You don't want them. No, I actually, d- today, as soon as we get done with this podcast, I'm canceling my subscription to Dollar Shave Club. Let's you go with you Barbasol. You have a full beard. I don't know why you have a subscription. <laughs> no, exactly. That's the main reason, but the secondary reason <laughs> is that, is that Barbasol is our new sponsor. Um, so America might be looking good thanks to Barbasol, but I continue to think that Greg Williams looks quite poor as our defensive coordinator. That's the transition you, see this you were stat? looking for, Michael. Is it, about is it how the goatee, pro- or is it his play calling? Oh, I didn't actually look at his physical appearance. Okay. Um, the goatee's got to go. Okay, we did not get dashed for a 30-yard screenplay this week. That just didn't happen, which is uh, good news. But we played with five, at least five yards of cushion on every single play. Even if it was a third and two, our corners were off the ball like six yards. Or a fourth and one, and we're off like eight yards, and it's freaking terrible. Like, I would it, rather get beat for a 50-yard touchdown. Wait, hold on a second. We stopped them on multiple short-yarded situations. Granted, our secondary, I don't like the way they're playing, but let's give a little bit of credit credit to Greg Williams in the way that we stopped them. They went for it. They were a second and one, and we stopped them from getting a first down. at In the first half. In there, the first half. Yeah. like, And then we went down and got a touchdown right after that at the 10-yard line. Like, 
I like a lot of the things that Greg Williams is doing. Some of the secondary stuff okay. that he blames argument, on our personnel, too. He's blaming them on we don't have the personnel. But I like some of the stuff that he's doing. I don't care if you have the personnel. Like, you have to give them a chance. Like, yes. I don't care if Devin McCourty, like, can't play press coverage in fourth and one, third and two, whatever. You've got to make him do it because if you play eight yards off, they're just going to throw the ball they're just gonna outside throw a quick and they're going to like get four did. yards and you're going to give them the first down. Like, give up a 50-yard touchdown for all I care. Because if you're giving up fourth and one, like, just handing it to them, like, you're not doing any good. Yep, I completely agree. So – did you see this stat that came out? I think it was a pro football focus stat after the game that we on Brett Hundley's passing plays on the, his dropbacks, we blitzed on 62% of them. Not surprised. You want to guess how many of his passing plays we actually got pressure on? Probably 20. 22. Yeah. That I mean, is so bad bad when you when you blitz like that that's terrible like if you You send pressure like you've got to get there probably 75 percent of the time to make it yeah it's terrible at least 50 and and part of it is that we are leaving those corners so far off that he can make a we're bringing pressure but he can make such a quick read that he's not gonna like actually be pressured because he could just make a quick throw out to the wide receiver out on the boundary I think I'm like the anti Greg Williams. I'd I'd rather bring pressure and play press coverage and give up like huge plays every once in a while than just like give up the dink and dunk every time. Because you actually make the other team make a really good play. Yeah, it's like you pretty, have to make them statistically. Make it's pretty yeah. hard to throw like, the ball downfield and complete like it. earn it. Yeah, and yeah. Greg if, Williams if doesn't a... make teams earn it. They just kind of make teams be like. If you just exist, you're fine. I feel like the Browns could win against Greg Williams. Oh, oh that's a good point, Duke actually. Johnson. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Duke Johnson could beat Greg Williams. Just no doubt. being Duke Johnson. Yeah, I wonder how, there that, some how does that go in practice? What does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> like, does the defense just get trashed in practice all the time? Maybe that's why we're terrible. <laughs> so... Um, there was a couple plays where they were in third and medium, the Packers were, in the second half. And our linebackers are lined up 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, especially Schobert. I mean, they run that Tampa 2 defense, and they just drop so deep because the the safeties go wide and go – I mean, it's basically a cover three And the tight end just goes and sits in the freaking middle of the field at at the first down marker, and it's a piece of cake. Yeah, it's so It's easy. so frustrating. It's, it's been so happening easy. all season. And okay. It's been happening anyway. it's been happening for 15 years. Like <laughs> like it's not something that's new. It's not something that's like innovative, something that you have to adjust to. Yeah. It's like yeah. the flaw of this defense and it's been happening for 15 years and we keep doing it. You know it's been happening for 24 years. I've been beating you at stuff. So, let's go move on to the lines, which I was 3 and 0 this week I and Matthew that. was 0 and 3. I flipped your coin. And you don't even know if I told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Whatever you said was right and I am beating your white butt. <laughs> uh, Michael, I would, I Michael, would feel, you got... I would feel worse if I lied and like made it up and like <laughs> show the ones I didn't intend to do, but it was actually the, the coin flip. <laughs> Michael, you got the lines for us this week? Oh, oh, I we do. lost Michael. No, he's there. Oh, no, he's, I'm here. He's Great. still there. All right. Well, we lost your video, but that's fine. Whatever. You don't need to see me. I'd rather not, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a perk. It's a plus. First game this week is the Denver Broncos, uh, which, who won for us this week, which is fantastic, heading to play the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you, Trevor Simeon. Someone's uh, got to win that game. I hope it's close. Someone's got to win that game. And in some way, shape, or form, it's going to help the Browns-Texans pick. So I think we probably want that to be an Indy win because yes. Indy only has three wins right now. Um, but Denver is tied with the same record as the Texans at the moment. So that would just kind of be putting them firmly 
uh, behind the Texans. So either way, we end up okay. Yeah, we were just Denver's talking about favored, it. Denver's favored by two and a half heading to Indianapolis. Matthew, what do you think? These teams are both pretty terrible. The Denver defense is the only unit on any of these teams that are notable. I think that um, that makes a difference. I'm going to take Denver minus two and a half. All right. Mark. That is going to be Denver. Minus two and a half. Interesting. Um, I'm I'm going to pick this game. I think it's a toss-up. I think they both suck. And I really want Indianapolis to win. And so I want to be doubly excited whenever they win. Nice. Um, and I'm going to pick the Colts. Uh, which leads us to the Sunday night game. Dallas is heading to Oakland. And the Cowboys are favored by two and a half. Mark, you pick this one first. That's a really interesting game. I don't like either of those teams. Yeah. Um, we're going to go with heads, and I think that Dallas is going to pull it off. Minus two and a half. They're going to win by more than three points. Oakland hasn't been looking good. Um, maybe they can get Marshawn Lynch going, but I think that uh, Dallas is going to win. Um, I'm going with Dallas. I just think they're a better team from top to bottom. Um, even though this is at Oakland, um, I'm going with the Cowboys. They have something to play for. They want to they wanna keep this season going. Yeah, I'm going with you. I'm going to go Dallas. They figured it out without um, Elliott. They'll get him back, maybe make a push for the playoffs. When do, when does he come back? I don't remember. It's week 16 or 17. Okay, so it's like one or two games left one in the season. Hmm. So that's a clean sweep for us. We all picked Dallas. Nobody's getting an advantage in that game one way or the other. Leads us to the Browns. We got three more chances to get a W. This week is our last home game. Oh my We're gosh. playing the Ravens. Wouldn't that be nice? Who just put up 38 points against the Steelers yesterday. Um, they're favored by seven and a half heading into Cleveland. Um, the Browns are playing good football. Like, to be honest, like they're not playing terrible, which this reminds me, by the way, this, I'm like going on a sidetrack here. Go for it. We didn't talk about that terrible punt coverage. That is literally what cost us the game. Like if everything else was equal and we played the rest of the game and we cover that punt, I'm pretty sure that we win the game. So there's the thing about that is I'm not sure it was terrible punt coverage. Like we had two or three attempts to make the tackle. No, Ricardo Lewis missed two tackles. Ricardo, Ricardo Lewis missed Lewis two tackles like, in the same play. We're down there, we're in our lanes, and it's just individual like errors that lead to that. So I don't but I don't even know what individual to do. Individual errors equals bad punt coverage. Yes, exactly. Like when you when you're in position and you're in your lane and you don't bring the guy down. That's bad punt coverage. I was oh, not there. necessarily bad punt coaching, but bad playing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like there's no way we could have let that whole pod go without mentioning no, how hor- horrendous. Right. We went, horrendous. If, if we tackle that, him as soon as he catches the ball, like Ricardo Lewis should have done that, at the ten yard line. At the ten yard line, and then he should have tackled him again. That's right the, there. That's the point where my perspective on this game shifted, where I went from, yep. no, we're totally winning this game, to, oh, no, of course we're losing this game. Yeah, like, no, yep. dad Dad was, like, we, me and Matthew were watching the game with dad, and he was like, oh, my gosh. It was just, like, after we, like, didn't get that first down there, it was like, oh, we just always do this. He's so like, negative. He's like so most negative. Of the time. And we're like, dad, we're winning the game, and there's, like, there's, like, five minutes to go. We're good. Like, we're just we've been playing good on defense yeah. all day. It's like, the NFL. Like games are close. It's like, gonna be this that is way. how it works. Like, but you know what? I'll be honest. He was absolutely right, and we were absolutely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, okay, that was a that was a sidetrack. But back to the Browns and Baltimore. My point was is we've been playing better. Like their defense is okay. They're not great. They don't scare me. Um, if we're actually one of the Deshaun... best teams in the league defensively, according to DVOA, they're like really, really, really good, according to DVOA. The Ravens, yeah, yeah, and their offense is now all of a sudden scoring 38 points against the Steelers. Like, that's concerning. So, hey, minus Joe Hayden, that's why. That's all I'm true. saying is, true. is if our offense shows up like it did this last week, 
I feel pretty good. But we've been kind of yo-yoing, so it's probably not a good chance of that happening. Um, seven and a half points is a lot. It's another home game. <laughs> um, I'm going with the Browns. I'm doing it. Good for you. Honestly, for how you. many times have we said those exact words? Seven and a half points. That's a lot. It's always <laughs> seven and a half points, and we always lose out. So, uh, all right, Mark, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, it would be a dream come true because we can, we have a game to give. If we could beat the Ravens at home for the last home game, that would be everything that the city of Cleveland needs as a whole. Deshaun Kaiser needs. Hopefully, that wouldn't save Hugh Jackson's job. Just one win, but um, we'll see what the coin thinks. Um, so maybe not necessarily a win, but I think we are at least going to cover the seven and a half <laughs> points. Um, it would be great if we got a win though. It would just be a cap to the season because this last week was particularly brutal. I believe. Which brings us to Matthew. I believe this is the only the second time this year that I am going to pick against the Browns against the spread, but I think Baltimore has got too much to fight for. They're, they're fighting for a playoff spot. We're not fighting for much. Baltimore's playing for pride, playing Matthew. We're better. fighting for pride. Whatever that means. There's no pride to be had in this season. Yeah, I, I feel mean, shame. Even if That's you win, out, even if you win out, you're three and thirteen. Like yeah. pride, whatever. I think I gotta go Baltimore minus seven and a half. Like I've been, I've been harmed by the Browns too many times. I've picked them too many times. I believed hey, in them, hey, like, fairly. I got something to tell you. I got a secret to let you in. You'll be harmed way more times by the Browns. <laughs> I believe that. So I'm going to go Baltimore, minus seven and a half. All right. Dun, dun, dun. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, guys. Um, make sure if you are shaving your face, you're using Barbasol razors. Especially if you're in Tokyo. Exactly. Uh, all Tokyo listeners, um, I know that in the Barbasol plug, we said, you're looking good, America. But you're looking good in Japan, too, Tokyo listeners. We really appreciate the way that you're looking and the way that you're listening. It's amazing how many listeners we have over there. Um, as always, please send us an email. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at sinofourfathers. And uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Thank you.